0: be a baller welcome to be a baller where we discuss how to build a lifelong legacy i'm your host coach tim brown
1: today we continue with more great content from our recent be
0: a baller
2: live event join us as we jump straight in with our pass the torch conversation
0: Son is his boss now, so it's kind of different when when, when a child becomes your boss. You know, yeah, it's kind of different, but but they've had a great relationship, and so we'll talk about that as well. This is the Lindsay's. Someone kids came up here and and shook Steve's hand and said, "I see you on TV all the time." You know, this this is the guy you see on on TV all the time, but don't get it twisted. This is the man. Don't get this thing all mixed up, you know. you know. You know, this is the man. This is the man. And the reason you don't see him on TV is because every time I look for him, he's in Florida. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. But this is uh, Steve and Bert Lindsey from Lindsey Automotive Group. Give him a hand. Give both of these guys a hand. <laughs> our, third, our, third, our third team here is, uh, this is uh, uh, Pastor Forbes uh, and his son, uh, David. Uh, And this, this, uh, Pastor Forbes is a pastor, Columbus Christian Center. When I first began ministry at FCA, he was the first stop for me. Uh, They were doing a lot of ministry at Ohio State with Keith Bradley, and so I came by and and talked to him. And we know Pastor Forbes is a big football fan. We know that he's a big sports fan. Uh, Dallas Cowboys is his team. Uh, (laughs) And his son loves the Cowboys as well. Okay, want to make sure, make sure I got that part right. So I got that part right. But these two, I'm, I'm just excited to have uh, to have them here and, and to be a part of this uh, Be a part of group. Pastor Ford is also RV man. So he's the one who's been teaching me about an RV. Me and my wife, we had the same dream that we're just going to travel. Uh, you're going to look for me and I'm not going to be around. That's where we're going to be in our RV, just enjoying the countryside. So I'm learning from that. But today, today, as we talk about passing the torch and, and legacy from one generation to another, I thought it would be... Uh, be great to get these young men here uh, to kind of talk about uh, their legacy and just the kind of things that the father and son had. Our first question would be for uh, each one of the men. We'll start with the dads first. And you know, you always say that. What would I tell my younger self? Yes. Younger self is here. Wow. wow. Here. So you guys had the opportunity to, to. What would you tell your younger self?
3: First of all, thank you for uh, the opportunity to be here and to share. Um, if I were to say what would I tell my younger self, I'd probably tell my younger self to uh, absorb everything you can and don't um, um, take lightly the examples that are set before you. Um, we've said this before. I know I've said it that the older I get, the, the smarter my parents. Look, (laughs) and there was things they would say to me that I just didn't think were, you know, they're off their rocker. They're just old fashioned. And I've come to uh, accept that my parents knew what they were talking about. And I'm trying to convince him (laughs) that I know what I'm talking about. And uh, I believe he's starting to see that I have a little bit of wisdom anyway. But uh, Yeah to take advantage of the, uh, people who are, who are your ahead of you because they're not going to always be here. Uh, A few years ago, my father passed away. And, um, one of the things I regret is that I didn't spend more time with him. Um, I worked with him almost every day, but even still, it was always in a work environment. And, um, and not necessarily um, in the non-work environment. We came to church, and we served together here at church. Uh, He and I were both ushers. He and I were both deacons at one time. And so, you know, we had church, and we had work, but there's also another side of life, too. And um, so one of the things that I wish that I could tell my younger self would be to take time with your family outside of church and work. And I'm proud to say that my son Matthew and his brothers, they do that. And I'm very proud of them. And I, I never besmirch their desire to take a vacation and go place and do things with their sons and daughters because I wish I had had done it. So, yeah. <clears throat>
0: as, you, as you mentioned that, how many sons do you have? I
3: have four sons. Um, our oldest son is Randall Gaddis II. The and then I have triplet boys. Um, Matthew is a triplet. He's the third of the triplets. And so they were 14 months apart from they were born. So when they were born, it was like having quadruplets. Uh, and, um, and I want to say this. One of the most inspirational people that I met when they were little was Pastor Leon Troy and his wife were in Northland Mall when Northland Mall was still a thing. And we had this triplet stroller that we were pushing down the mall with these three identical kids in there, plus uh, our oldest son in a separate stroller. And people would make these comments like, oh, my goodness, or oh, I know, I know you got your stuff fixed now. And, <laughs> or they would say to my wife, I know you cut him off. Now, children are a legacy according to the word of God, okay? So the people in the world, whether they meant it or not, I don't know, or they knew what they were saying, but they would make those comments, okay? But Pastor Troy saw me and my wife walking down the mall, and he said, blessed is the man whose quiver is full. And so for that reason, for that reason, I always held Pastor Troy and Sister Troy in a high regard, even though I wasn't a member of their church. I always will remember that. And uh, he blessed me that day because people were making these comments. And it can be overwhelming with four children uh, under the age of 14 months old? Wow. But, um, yeah, uh, four four young men. Now, they're grown men. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all love the Lord and living for the Lord. And uh, having a church like this and a pastor like Bishop Clark has been an impact that helped them um, grow in their walk with the Lord.
0: Hey, you guys are becoming a better audience. You know when to clap now.
4: I ain't got to put a sign up. You guys are really doing good. Well, first of all, I've got to start out with a word. Yes, sir. Bishop, you were talking about something. Yes. Cars. I sell cars. <laughs> now, in Acts 1, it says we're all to be in what?
5: One <laughs> of Huh? Huh?
4: Huh? And you're trying to find a word for a car. Huh? You're all to be in one accord. So I want to start out there, okay? Set the record straight. I'll i But anyhow, I guess I was fortunate because God directed my steps. Even when I wasn't listening to Him. You see, He was ahead of me. In 1973, I started my business. And that was the year of the gas crisis. What was my business? Selling motorcycles. What did I do? I sold every single motorcycle I could get my hands on. So my first year was extremely prosperous. But in those early years, I also became extremely busy. And fortunately, about five years later, we were at a conference with Bob Harrison. He was a business guy. You know Bob? Yeah. And Bob was a car guy, so we had this relationship. And Bob did a teaching on raising champion families. Now that kind of stopped me in my tracks because I was not in the right lane. I was work, 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 work. And I realized I was neglecting my sons, my family, and I knew it was important to heed to the fact that we have to spend time with our children. The Bible, again, is very clear about raise up a child in the way he should go. And, and what is the way he should go? He should go in the biblical teachings of God and the church. And so we took that seriously, Stephanie and I, my wife, and we raised our children as best we could in the ways of God. And because of that pattern, it says, when they're old, they don't depart. And I'm proud of my sons. They have not departed. They've got a bigger heart than I have. Now, you know, that's pretty good. Yes. I'll, I'll compliment them when they do things better than me. All right. Their hearts are bigger. They give bigger, they, they run the business bigger, they do things bigger than me, I, I'm proud of that. And then also, you know, we're talking about as a family, champions. You see, men today, families today, need to see their children as champions. We shouldn't just be looking at, it, especially in the church. If we're not kingdom people, Okay, the kingdom has come here for such a time for us to raise our kids to be kingdom kids, to learn how to flip the switch of faith, to be somebody's, to see things differently. My biggest expression, anybody knows me oh, I'm going to be call, talking about one thing, did it. We have a t-shirt that says, just did it. The did is the divine inspired directives. When God tells you to did something, did it.
0: Yeah. Did it.
4: Divine inspired, <laughs> divine inspired directions. You see what I'm saying? Divine inspired destinies. This did's a big deal. Nike talks about doing stuff. I'll tell you, my son doesn't do anything. He did it. <laughs> you, hear, you hear me? He did it. He took the torch, he took us another level. Our business is extremely successful beyond anything I could imagine. Hey, I was happy being in the top 100 in the nation out of 1,300 dealers. Guess what? He's got us in the top 10. Wow. wow. See? But here, here's the difference. He watched, he listens. He's here taking notes this morning. Now, come on, taking notes at this? Yeah, he's taking notes because he heard some stuff. He's gonna did what he heard. Come on, all right, all right. You see. He's gonna apply what he saw today. He's gonna to take it to another level. And so that's what I appreciate about having, a, having an opportunity to speak to, to groups like this. Guys, we have the opportunity to change things. We don't have to stay in the mundane of life. As, as kingdom comes and his will is done, we are gonna succeed. And I can't, every day for me is exciting. There's something new. Another mountain we're taking. Another life we're, we're trying to help save. Another opportunity to do what God tells us to did. You see? We got, that's the whole, my whole life is based around doing it. So I'm, I'm very pleased and very proud of my sons. They work hard. They work long. But you know what they do? Like you, you mentioned, they're taking time with their family. Amen. See? They're going out riding motorcycles on weekends. They 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 know what's really important. And that that's the key. It's beyond just the day-to-day. They're living their life with their kids. They're an example. They're raising them in the ways of the Lord. And I couldn't be prouder of them.
0: You got to follow that, doc. Yeah, what am I
1: going to Did <laughs> Um <laughs> first and foremost, let me just let the whole world know how much I love this man right here, Bishop Tim Clark. What a, what a gift. And when I first moved here to Columbus, I was brought here on the staff of uh, the venerated and great Mount Olivet Baptist Church. Under uh, Bishop uh, Doctor Charles Booth, and the first of his friends that I met was this gentleman right here, and uh, what a—he's so close to me now. I call him Uncle Bishop, <laughs> and my wife—we both call him Uncle Bishop, and uh, we're both from Brooklyn, both born in the same hospital, uh, at Kings County Hospital. So uh, Brooklyn is in the house, but I don't know anything because I came behind you, so I'm, I'm a little younger. Uh, when I think about what would I tell my younger self, uh, that was a great question, Coach Tim, and uh, thank you for having us as well. I, I think about the scripture that speaks about redeeming the time because the days are evil and just the type of time compression under which we live. Um, when, when you're from birth to 12, it takes forever for that time to pass. But from 12 to 24, it goes a little quicker. From 24 to 36, it zips. And then now it's it's just so fast. When I think about what I would tell my younger self, it, it really centers around not so much fixing the mistakes that I made, but really looking at the things that I did well and doubling down on those things. Um, sometimes we can look back. And, and we get into regret. And regret is both unprofessional and unprofitable. Yeah. Because you end up talking about, I should have done this, I should have. Then you live a shitty life. Amen. It's just your life is full of should. It's just should, 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 should. And as, well, yeah, nobody, Bishop, is okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Don't live a shitty life. <laughs> it's just it's too much should. It's just... I think I smell should. (laughs) Um, So I would go back and look at the things that I did well. What did I do well? And I would double down on those things. Things like prayer, things like studying the word, things in terms of making quality decisions. My father, Dr. Forbes uh, Sr., who uh, is uh, the first hero of my life, taught me about Christ taught me about family, taught me about marriage. Um, He was a founding board member of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. And so uh, my whole feeling towards serving people and serving humanity came from him. So those are things I would go back and double down on. I made some mistakes, but the mistakes are minuscule if I could go back and double down or triple down on those positive traits, those positive things that I did, uh, I would go back and, and increase those.
0: Yeah. Man, man, man. Heard, uh, <laughs> just a quick sidebar. This guy, as is is they're sharing, uh, you guys ought to thank me for, for bringing these guys in here to give you all these gems. Because <laughs> I can keep them to myself, <laughs> you know, just in the studio. But no, seriously, uh, this is what this is why I wanted to do this because I I, I've been blessed to hear all these things and I believe it's for these guys are sharing this with. But for the sons, for the son, we'll start down here with Joshua. Uh, All 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 the fathers are men of faith. Can you talk about what did you see in your dad's faith walk that made you so
2: excited about the Lord? Uh, Thank you for the opportunity, Coach. my dad, our our church is named Faith Stadium. Um, and so always growing up, um, I, I was the youngest, I was the only boy and the youngest sibling. Um, and, you know, you hear all the talks. Everybody always says, I'm spoiled. You get everything you want, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. But my dad taught me, and I just realized this maybe like not even six months ago. Um, he always taught me to have faith in my desires, in my needs, in my wants, to take it to the Holy Spirit, to pray in tongues, and to put it before him. And he would always say, say this prayer, Lord, if this is in your will, I pray that it happens. And if it's not, I pray that whatever happens is your will and that it's gonna be okay. (laughs) And so from a young age, I would be cleaning my room, speaking in tongues, I would, be, um, I would just be praying, going to God about anything I wanted, whether it was shoes, something for school, a backpack, football, whatever it was. Um, that little seed and foundation of just taking it to the Holy Spirit got a lot of things done for me growing up and through my life um, that I didn't really realize until recently that that little seed of faith in um, teaching of how to use your faith and when to implement it, and um, when to know that it's supposed to be God's will or that this is okay to ask for, um, to know those things and know that it's real and start seeing those things actualize in front of you as you grow, um, that was to me was a was a big thing because um, my dad always has demonstrated it. Um, his level of faith from just manifesting cars at his college age with my, uh, with my, uh, with my mom and, uh, just, just speaking things into existence, seeing it my whole life, me doing it, me seeing it. Um, I would say that that's what I would say. (laughs)
5: Bishop Clark, thank you for hosting us today. Tim, thanks for putting this on. This is awesome. Um, I would have to say probably watching this man who is a heathen above all heathens, sinner above all (laughs) sinner, uh, and, and, and I mean that graciously, for him to walk away from all that foolishness, to live a life that God had called him to be, coming from a broken home, broken marriage, broken everything, and to see God use such brokenness... And to live with that, I'm very thankful for how I was raised, how my sister and brother were raised, because my parents didn't know. They didn't have the tools to work with. They had uh, 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 some good churches. They had a Bible. They had some good teaching. And they poured themselves into that. And I think when I look back and I think, wow, the, the, life could have been a lot different for the Lindsay's. I can tell you, we wouldn't be sitting on this stage right now. We're sitting on this stage. It'd be a lot different. It'd be a statistic. It'd be a statistic if this man hadn't walked away from alcohol, hadn't walked away from all the nonsense that's out there, and truly committed. Now, is he perfect? Do we see his foolishness sometimes? Does it get right? Come on, guys. We all work with these guys, right? This is this is the real world. But you got to keep the the main thing, the main thing, and understanding that a, a relationship with Christ isn't a calling to perfection. It's a calling to grace, where where we die to ourselves every day, and and sometimes we don't die to ourselves every day, but guess who forgives us? Well, guess who else needs to forgive us? Who else needs to walk, right, your family. And so when I look back and I think of Burt Lindsay at 30 years old, making a little bit of money, selling lots of motorcycles, selling these little Honda cars, you know, he didn't necessarily think he was a big cheese, you know, he didn't fall into that trap of pride. And as a matter of fact, thanks, thanks to my relationship, my mom, my mom, and the relationship she found with Christ, it was one of those things that really yanked such a strong um, person and personality to follow after Christ. And um, I'm very thankful for him being able to to change the trajectory of our family's legacy, uh, not in business. But in but in but in our walk with Christianity, because we can have all the money in the world, but you can't take any of it with you. And what good is it if you just keep it all for yourselves, or it's just all for selfish pleasure? And so, for for God to be able to use uh, uh, the changes that him and my mom made, and to be able to sow into us as young people, and then for us to have a, a, an outlet or a tool or a mechanism that we can that we can help fund kingdom initiatives with and make an impact through our business and through our daily work, is just uh, living in that blessing and, and living in that kingdom work, and it, it truly is an honor. So, thank you.
6: Well, <laughs> okay. really, Tim, thank you again. Bishop Clark, thank you. Um, when I hear about, when, I, when you ask that question, I thought about uh, a, a situation one time, I was young. My dad came home from work after a long day, and I asked him, do you Do you like what you do? I was young, probably I don't know middle school. you know I'm looking at what I want to do when I grew up I so said, do you like what you do and And there was a long pause <clears throat> as if um it was a tough day, maybe you know you know, coming home from work and working in construction is difficult, uh managing crews and finances and customers um but regardless of how he felt. At the end of the day, <clears throat> he maintained um, being being the father I knew and loved. <clears throat> so, and when I see him, I used to see him prepare for new members class. There was a sense of joy, commitment that he had. He maintained regardless of uh, what all was going on at the house, what all was going on at at work. He maintained a sense uh, a standard, if you will, that kept him in tune with the Lord. And despite of how you may feel, you may not feel happy, but if you understand where your joy and peace come from, you can administer and be be impactful in your family's life, in the lives of those who you held re- responsible over. So I, I, used see him, I used to see him prepare for um, new member class, and I would stand back in, in awe of how he would carry himself in a different way, a, a, a more um, uh, uh, he had a passion. I know he worked with, he worked with uh sister Nancy a lot, a passion to fulfill his purpose, regardless of how he felt. And you you guys know, you ain't going to feel happy. You, you won't always be on, on that high all the time, but if you can manage that and stick to the script, you get, you can get through a lot of life challenges. And that's what I've I've been able to gain from him as I look back and look at what he's done and how he's been able to to grow, uh, grow himself and help us grow w- with our family.
0: Amen, amen. Amen. Hey there, Clark Kellogg here. Building a legacy usually involves meeting the unique needs of others and being part of something bigger than yourself. That's why I love First Merchants Bank. First Merchants believes that helping communities prosper means more than just providing banking services. It means offering accessible financial education, expanded access to home ownership, and partnerships with local nonprofits to help raise up neighborhoods and lift families out of financial hardship. For resources and tools available to you, visit www.firstmerchants.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. I've been blessed to uh, uh, be around a lot of young men and mentoring guys or just talking to guys. One thing I know about boys in particular is that uh, a lot of things that they learn are not taught. They're caught. Yeah. Yes, watch well, these young guys. We don't sit down like all these conversations to have and nobody's really said, probably haven't sat down and really had that conversation. You know, They've had some tough ones. But, but boys watch. Mm-hmm. They watch what you do. They watch what you do. And so, and, and, and that's, well, that's what I'm hearing since in here. And here's the next question. This is for the young man. I want you to talk to, to the audience. Share with the audience about what you saw how your fathers treated your mother.
6: Um. Yeah, you know, it goes back from I think example he saw with with my grandfather. I mean, it was nothing but respect. You know, um, you know, you have arguments, and situations, disagreements, and one thing they didn't shield us from that. We saw that that conflict when it was, in and a way to appropriately diffuse the conflict. Um, but that the respect he had he has for my mother really was probably the the grounds for my desire to get married, I guess so early. You know, I, I wanted to find a wife and I knew what I saw was was great. So that's what I want. I want the same thing. Like you I say I, I caught that, you know? And um I, I just realized that if I um can emulate what they were able to do, at least begin in that manner I I can pursue and take that example and move forward. Um, It was a no-brainer, basically. Based on what I've seen at the house, it was was a no-brainer.
0: Amen. Amen. amen.
5: I I do like spoiling my wife, and I think I get that from my dad. Um, You know, just growing up, um, I think that's one of the celebrations, especially in business, is like there is this joy of being able to... um, have nice things, but I think it's even more of a joy when I can bless my wife uh, with something. And I I think I learned a lot of that uh, from my dad, Um, seeing him just, uh, you know, Christmas was always interesting because we knew it was going to be a a cool gift or a a piece of jewelry. Um, I will say that this is a funny story, but this is long before GPS. and, And we were one of the early ones that had cell phones that dad, and they were car phones back then. And uh, Dad had a Cellular One uh, franchise to be able to install car phones. And they, they were the coolest things. I mean, I'm just going to – some of you guys remember, but it's like the eight movies from the 80s. You know, you'd, you'd have that thing, and you'd, it'd be mounted in there. And um, Mom would use that as her GPS, and you know who she'd call? Right here. And, and, and the question was usually, where am I? And of course, he's like, "Well, uh, it's amazing how technology can can enable you." That's right. Uh, but uh, no, I, I think uh, uh, for for him to have a relationship with my mom, and and uh, for them to, um, um, you know, just grow spiritually, to raise us, um, and 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 I think part of it, mom was always kind of the. She wasn't the spiritual head, and, and we understood that dad was a spiritual head, but she definitely was a key driver in that arena. And so I think just um, his willingness to, to not necessarily follow her lead, but just follow her prompting and then take that leadership um, is encouraging. And then, of course, you know it, does, it is caught. It is caught. I see a lot of the same things that uh, uh, have transpired with my parents uh, in my wife and I's relationship. Uh, it's a blessing. Christian education is one of the big ones for us um, that that I saw, you know, maybe he didn't have as much of an understanding of. Mom definitely had an understanding of. And it was one of the things, things that um, they wanted to raise us with. And so it was just a, an example of how it was a, 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 a mutual uh, parenting relationship that helped benefit the family. And I think that's uh, key. Yeah. Amen,
2: amen. Um, excuse me. Uh, watching watching my father here um, just around my mom, I think, gave me a very good basis um, and foundation of, of how to treat a woman, how to treat my sisters, how to treat my mom as well. Um, and he and there was never a car door missed or an opening door opportunity. I mean, he took advantage of all of those little things because I think he knew it, it's important um, to plant those little seeds and to, to show, to show that, that gratitude and love, um, and then not only in the little things, but um, in the big things, um, anything that was going on, whether it was school or at the, at the ministry, or at the house, he always set, um, he always set a, a guideline down of how this is taken care of, what order is the correct order, who, who comes in line, who, who we should be listening to, um, and my mother was always right at the front of those conversations, she was always listening, she, she always understood, and, as far as she was concerned, I believe he was spot on. So, you know, happy wife, happy life, right? That's what they say. Um, And so just, I think just watching him with the grace on his life, my parents grew up very different household situations, Um, had to work through some growing pains and things growing up. But I think just the grace um, on his life that he's shown and the love in his heart, um, and the compassion just to keep pushing forward to work with you where you're at um, and empathize and not judge and just kind of um, and just kind of walk with you there. I've seen the progress that my mother has made over all of the years and um, as a mother, as a minister, as a wife, I've seen all of those things and um, it's by no by no means short of Everything that he has taught and laid down, and that's why these things are happening. And, um, and I thank you for that, for that blueprint, that guideline for me to watch um, and treat my wife the same way one day.
0: Amen. Uh, now, for the for the dads, let's let's go to that legacy to that next generation. Uh, I believe all the, all the gentlemen up here are grandparents, and I know that's a little. Any grandparents in the building? Yes, sir. But I know that's that's just a whole different ball game, you know. I know I know the kids. You looking at them like well, you didn't do that for me, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know you let them get away with that, you know. I didn't get away with that, you know. So, dads, can you, can you speak to that next level? You know, when we get to that grandparent. Sure. Um, Yes, sir, Coach. Um, What comes to
1: my mind here is um, something I've been privileged to teach on is the law of Genesis. And that is that everything produces after its own kind. So nothing can produce what it's not and everything can only produce what it is. And so when I look at parenting or fathering and sonning, yeah, I'm a father, so my father, he's a son, so he's sunning, sonning, s o n n i n g. I can only give him what I have.
6: All right.
1: and um, and this is really applicable even biologically because the the man gives either a X or a Y chromosome in reproduction. The woman can only bring an X, so the male. Decides what is passed on and what is created, and so it takes a man to make a man. Right, and um, it it's easy, and then yet it's it's difficult at the same time. That legacy is is intentional, but it is also intensive, and. There is this, uh, do you remember the old school uh, when we used to have tape, tapes, cassettes in church? Now we, now we don't even have CDs because everybody just is going to get online and get an MP3. But I like, I'm an old school guy. And so when you had uh, originally, you had, you, you had to d- dub like a videotape. It had to go slow. Now, a cassette tape you could you could make it go real fast, but a, a videotape um, it, it it was if it was a sixty-minute video, it took sixty minutes to make a copy. And parenting and grandparenting is that it is real-time living. It, it is no high-speed high dubbing. It takes moment after moment. After moment after moment, and you add those moments together, and that's where you generate momentum. Come on, come on. And that's legacy is when you're able to 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 pass that baton uh, to the next leg, and and hopefully you leave them with a with a lead. Now, if if you if you leave them with a deficit, then the the next generation has to run faster. Um, and I, I I have looked at my children. And then now my grandchildren, the patience that you have to have, because think think to track and field and think about think think about those relays in different lanes. And it looks like someone's behind. Right, right. Right. But it's just because of the stagger. Right. And so we have to allow time for that stagger to unwind to really see how a race is being run. So it takes, come on now. So it takes patience to see these generations behind, not comparing them to other children, not comparing them to each other, not even really comparing them to us, but saying you're running the race you're supposed to be running. I just want to work with your technique and your drive and, and, and make sure that's right. And I know they'll come out to come out properly, but that's the legacy is getting that baton to that next, getting that stick around that track and not dropping it and get disqualified All right. And uh, the example I give, and then I'll I'll pass the mic on. I think about Noah and his wife, Mzara, and their uh, three sons, and then their wives. So they were able to fulfill the plan of God, following the plan God gave them to build an ark, but Noah could not do it without his children and their wives. And that's what every family has an ark to build, Amen. not the same ark. I don't have car dealerships Then you don't have a faith stadium either. So we each have what God has given us, but we need that next generation and the next generation. And we have plenty of examples of businesses and ministries where that next generation does not pick up that ball. And um, I celebrated with my, my good friend, uh, Coach Sanders, and looking at his children, Looking at his boys doing this. How, how can Shador Sanders, I want to be a children's book author. No, you're a football player, man. Look at your daddy. <laughs> look at you. Look at your quads. Look, look at yourself. <laughs> you're not a book author. <laughs> you're a world-class athlete. That's what we got to do.
4: I love my grandchildren, they are so pliable. When you sit with them, they give you the attention to learn and they want to know. And they're just a joy because first of all, they have great parents who are guarding their hearts and the parents are really key in a grandfather and grandchild relationship because we only, as a parent, I only have one thing in mind as a grandparent. I see champions. I want to build it. I want to help them. I want to encourage them. I want them to, to get there. My concern in general, speaking outside of my household, is these kids are being raised today by iPads and telephones. And that troubles me. And fortunately, my children understand this. They limit the time, you see. It's so I'm so adamant about it, when you come to the cabin, don't bring your iPhone. And guess what? There's no cell service, there's no wi- Wi-Fi. <laughs> you know, you want that one-on-time relationship. You want to touch their hearts. You want, you want to m- mend together and go slide down a hill. I'm teaching my grandson how to chop wood with a mall. I mean, that's that's hard work. They need to sweat. You know, kids Kids need to sweat they need to understand it just doesn't happen you see life just doesn't happen you have to be purposeful about it and our our grandchildren are such a blessing i mean they want to do and be the best and i see reflections in their parents in their lives and so i'm looking for a generation when you talk a legacy to me is more about i don't care about the business i don't care about you know what we've got i care about where we're going (laughs) and i see these children going somewhere you see they're doing things at 15 and 12 that i could have never done and and they're in tune with their their destiny they see something and their parents have been good at at showing this and and helping them go down the right path so you know grandparenting is a is a great joy (laughs)
3: I have um, 10 grandchildren. Our four sons blessed us with five granddaughters and five grandsons. Um, The youngest one is Matthew's daughter. She's five, just turned five here not long ago. The oldest one is uh, just turned 13. So we have this... This array of grandchildren, when they all get together, it's very loud and very, um, it can be, t- be nerve wracking because they're all over. But I love them and uh, I, I, I love them like my grandfather, like my father loved his grandsons and would do anything for them and well um, he only had four to deal with I've got ten <laughs> so uh, it spread a little thin but um, my my concern is that my grandchildren grow up loving the Lord and and knowing what I knew about trusting in the Lord and leaning not into our own understanding and and being involved in the life of the church serving people serving the lord because that's the lessons that were instilled in me that my grandparents modeled before me and my sisters and cousins and that's the um the legacy that that my parents modeled to my children and i feel the obligation and a joy to model that same thing in front of them. And like Brother Lindsay said, we we're we're fighting the electronic battle, and we didn't have to compete with that. Okay, uh, my kids had one Nintendo set and maybe two cartridges,
4: <laughs>
3: and and once they mastered it. <laughs> In fact, I still have it, if anybody's looking for it. <laughs> I hear there's a collector's show in town this weekend. Maybe I'll take it down there. But no, um, uh, there's so much to contend with these days. Um, alternative lifestyles, uh, the the use of illicit drugs. Um, it's coming up, um, um, I guess November, there's going to be something on the ballot about the voting on marijuana and We didn't have to deal with that. I mean, it it wasn't, it was a different time, which tells me that as a grandfather, I really need to buckle down and make sure that the foundation is laid for my children to grow. Uh, I'm a concrete contractor. Uh, My dad started the business that we're in and We poured concrete, and as you know, that concrete, uh, almost every building, well, not almost, every building that's built and standing has some type of concrete in it as a foundation. And if you don't lay the foundation right, what the Bible says, if the the ground is shifting sand, the house won't stand. And so I feel, even though I'm a, My business is concrete. That's how I make my it's my vocation. I also have a responsibility to be a concrete layer for my grandchildren to give them a legacy to stand on. Not just a legacy of pride, but to know what the Word of God says and how it applies today, and and to not cut corners on it. You can cut corners when you're building something, but then it can fall down. It won't stand. And so I I feel this burden to make sure that my my children, as well as my grandchildren. I I mean, because I'm I'm 65 and my son is what you'll be. He's 38. Okay. I still have to work. I still have work to do as a father to to help continue to nurture, I don't, he's not a little kid anymore. He's a grown man. And Yes, he does boss me around, but I still have the responsibility as a father to cover my, my grown children and also my grandchildren. And so I don't take it. I don't take it lightly. I take it. I count it joy to be able, able to do that. I love them. And they give me a lot of joy and they give me a lot of grief sometimes, but the joy outweighs the grief. So, yeah, I uh, think that that's my responsibility as a grandfather. Me and my wife together, we love our grandchildren.
6: Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Let's, let's thank these guys. Let's thank them. Let's get let's them another, one more one nice round of applause.
6: If you enjoy our show, please share this podcast with your family and friends. Be a Baller podcast is available on all major podcast stations. Be sure to come back next week as we continue to discuss on how to build a lifelong legacy. Until then, don't forget to be a baller. This podcast was created by Coach Tim Brown. It was edited by Taron Howell and produced and recorded by the video production class of Worthington Christian High School.